Blog Talk Radio.
Lord, to examine ourselves. Lord, to measure ourselves and see. Lord, if we if we have if we have begun to Lord to uh, fail you, if we've begun to backslide on you, if we've begun to deny you, oh my Father, please shine the light of truth in our heart. Show us where we lack. Show us where we fall short. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would you would light a fire under us, Lord, that we might that we might serve you. Lord, with our whole heart in these last days that we live in before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you would strengthen us and make us make us mighty soldiers for you in this hour. Lord, I pray the Holy Ghost of God would give me power. Lord, that you would give me your strength. Lord, that you would give me your wisdom, a clear mind, Father, that I might preach the truth. And Lord, I pray you give your people hearts to receive it. I pray, Lord God, that it fill up any lack in their spiritual life, Lord, that it strengthen them to, the, to be conquerors, more than conquerors for Christ's sake. Lord God, I pray you help me because I'm just a man and I know that I need power of the Holy Ghost all the way through. Lord, I pray for all that you pour it out of me now. Give me unction and power, Lord, and I'll give you, Lord, the praise for all of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. I guess we can call this meet the Old Olive Trees Part 3. As you remember last week, we looked at verse 39, which said, And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And just to review just the high points, Gethsemane, it means olive press. Again, Christ was pressed out above measure there. All the sins of the world laid upon our Savior. All of the sins. More than our brains can comprehend how much sin was laid upon him there in that garden. It stretched him to the limits of his human body. Beyond the limits of a mere mortal. Nobody could, but Jesus could have took what was placed upon him. And even under the weight of that, Christ fell on his face, rolled in the dust of the ground, agonized. Seeking relief and finding none. He said, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. It was as though he were, he were going to die in that garden. He was trying his best to endure the suffering that was placed upon him in that garden. And it was overwhelming to where he cried out in his humanness. If it be possible, with this cup pass from me. Again, he did that to show his humanity. He wasn't running from the cross. He wasn't running from, from paying the sin debt. He, what he was what he was getting or trying to get away from was death, which was which was seemingly upon him that night in the garden. I, an angel of the Lord came and strengthened him. He sweat as it were great drops of blood that broke from his pores and gushed out upon his brow. And I can only imagine in my mind to see when his disciples were aroused from their sleep and here comes their Savior to them with blood streaking down his face coming to them and saying, what, could you not watch with me one hour? We're going to look at this this morning, what happened between Christ and his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'm going to hurry because I have a lot to say and a little time to say it. But the first thing that we're going to look at this morning it's what they were guilty of. I mean, here again, here he was in his agony. Here he was, exceeding sorrowful. Here he was, heavy, sweating blood, wrestling with it and praying. And they were so little concerned they couldn't even stay away. 
He comes and he finds him asleep in verse 40. And he says, and he, says, and he cometh unto, his, unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? I mean, they should have been there. They should have been watching with him. I mean, they, they needed to see this. They needed to watch his anguish. They needed to feel this down in their souls. I think about Moses when he came to the burning bush and he saw that it was burning, yet it was not consumed. Here we see Christ suffering in agony and under death, and yet it doesn't come. They should have seen this. They should have loved him more, shouldn't they? They should have cared more for his sufferings than they did. They should have worked together to help him in his hour of distress, but they didn't. They were so tired. They couldn't even keep their eyes open. They were so tired. I tell you something this morning. I'm thankful for a God who never sleeps. I'm thankful for a God who doesn't get tired, who doesn't get weary and quit on us so we may quit on him. I said, number, that number one, what they were guilty of, we've seen it, and I'm going to hurry through that because we know what they're guilty of. We've already been there. We've already seen that. But I want you to see number two here, that Christ showed them favor in spite of That's really what I want you to see this morning, is how loving our Savior is even in the middle of his agony. See how kind he is to, to them in the middle of it. Again, he showed them his favor in spite of them. Now, folks, when people are going through, when people are going through grief, I talk about terrible grief and terrible heartbreak. It can play up. It can play up. It takes a toll on you. It can. It can wear on your nerves. It can wear on your emotions. It can make you irritable. It can make you annoyed. It can make you where you don't want anybody around you. Or it can even make a person act irrational when they're in extreme grief. I mean, and, and, and not only that, and, and somebody who's extremely grieving, if you're not right there with them comforting them, that's like an immoral one that you go back to them in their hour. I mean, people do that. I've been around people who are extremely grievous. And, and that can happen. But even though Christ is going through all this agony, again, to death, he, he felt as though he was going to die. Again, with blood streaming down his face. He's just as naked as he ever is. He's just as naked as he ever is. And he's patient with it. You hear what I'm saying? In the middle of his agony, in the middle of his, in his anguish and his grief, he is still patient with himself. He's as patient for them as he is with his father. He doesn't change. Isn't that good? God doesn't change. I like that. My Savior doesn't change. Even in the worst suffering, my Savior doesn't change. Even though they slighted him, and they did slight him. And again, we can beat him up, but we're no, we're no different. We're just as guilty as us. We slighted him and slighted him. But, but even though they slighted him, he came to them looking for comfort. And comfort. And his hour of suffering. And I mean, you know, if they if they had stayed awake, if they had watched him, if they had seen what he was going through, maybe, maybe they might have been some kind of a help to him, but they weren't. They added grief to his sorrow. 
stay here and, and, and watch, 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 watch for me. Just be here for me. When some great maniacs go, it was a small thing. They didn't act. He didn't say, would you come over here and be in agony with me? Would you die with me? And, and, and what a short time it was. Look at that. He said only one hour. That's not long. Hours gone. Well, you know, just watch me for an hour. Just, just please, just stay away. Just be here with me for an hour. But they couldn't do it. They didn't have to sit there all night long. So what does he do when he comes to them? He gives them some good counsel, is what he does. He says in verse 41, he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Now why would the Lord say that? Well, pretty pretty plain, because there's an hour of temptation drawing very near. It's upon them. Well, you gotta understand, when the troubles that Christ was going through, those were temptations to his followers. They were tempted. When they see him suffering, they see him going through his agony. It was a temptation for them to disbelieve. Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's always had an answer for everything. He's always been able to handle anything. And now look, he was powerless. It, it, it was very easy a temptation for them to start doubting. It was very much a temptation for them to distrust. You know, and I hate to try to draw comparisons, but I, I Everybody's just going gung-ho, 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 and now we're seeing trouble in this election. Everybody's seeing trouble. Listen, often it's dark as just before the dawn. They couldn't see that. They couldn't see that. They couldn't see. They couldn't see at that point what was going to happen. All they saw was him suffering when they woke up. These troubles were on them. I mean, they, they never attempted to deny and be did that. They were tempted to desert him, and most of them did. They were tempted to renounce all relation to him, and Peter did. Go and watch and pray. While you're sitting here looking and, and watching over me while I'm in prayer, you be in prayer. Why? Because there was a danger of them entering into this temptation, you see. Just like somebody falling into a snare, falling into a trap. See, once their mind begins to entertain these doubtful thoughts, they begin to become influenced by these doubtful thoughts. And then that leads to beginning to comply with these doubtful thoughts, which is the first step to being overcome by these doubtful thoughts. That's why the Bible tells us to cast down imaginations and every every high thing that exalted itself into the knowledge of God. He said, I mean, as long as you entertain doubtful thoughts, the devil will come at you all day long. God doesn't want us. God doesn't want us doubting. God wants us trusting. We're not to be like a wave in the sea that, that goes back and forth. No, we are. We are to be solid, trusting God no matter what. Even when it don't look right, even when it looks bad, we're still to trust God and know that He knows the future. We don't. I said there was an hour temptation drawing near. There was a danger near to that temptation. And so he urges them to watch and pray. He says, watch with me. Pray with me. But they went to sleep and they missed the prayer meeting. He's telling them, watch yourself. You pray yourself. Watch and pray in this present temptation. Uh, because you know what? It's going to overtake you. Pray to God. Say, Lord, help, Father, help us to watch. Help us to do this. But he, they could have. But they didn't. They just failed miserably. I'm going to tell you something. 
when you face temptation, and you're going to face it time and time again, when you face temptation, the very first thing you ought to do is go to the Lord in prayer. That moment, don't sit and think, oh, I'll be okay. No, you won't. You are not strong. You've never been strong, and you've never been able to defeat temptation on your own, and you won't now. You need God's help through everything. And again, why did he say, watch and pray? Because when temptation comes, you better get your eyes on Jesus and you better talk to him. Because if you don't, you're going to get swept away in the current of it. And he urged them to watch and pray. But you know something else he did? It's amazing to me that he did, and he excused the weakness. Our Lord excused his disciples' weakness. Listen to what he says. He said, the spirit is indeed is where the flesh is weak. Spirit, indeed, is willing. Bless you, I thought about Mama when I read that. Mama's Christ like in that way. She doesn't send anybody. Her grandkids, especially. They can't do no wrong. So they, they get They was trying to. They wanted to. They did to. Well, she doesn't send them. She's the best attorney I've ever met. Amen. See, they didn't have anybody sleep with themselves. They're sitting there asleep.
The Bible says he came and he found them sleeping in them. For their eyes were heavy. He didn't say anything to them the second time. He just said he found them. He found them asleep. And you would have thought he said it up the first time that it would all keep them awake, you know? But it's hard to wake you up once you're in a deep sleep. If you've ever tried to wake up anybody about 2 o'clock in the morning and get them to go somewhere with you, you know exactly what I mean. It's really, really hard to stay awake once you learn about to have a sleep. Because the Bible said their eyes were heavy. I think it's a very key thing he says there, that their eyes were heavy. You know what it tells us? It tells us that they fought it. And they fought it, and they fought it, and they fought it. I remember seeing old Flintstone's split, split cartoon where Fred was trying to stay awake and put toothpicks in his eyes and then he was right. He couldn't keep his eyes open. I figured that's the way they were disciples, where they were trying with everything else. But they just couldn't stay away. Their eyes were heavy. But they got overcome by their sleep. You hear their master walks up and looks at them, and I believe he looked on them with compassion. I believe he looked on them sleeping, and he knew they tried. He knew they'd give it all they had. They just couldn't, their bodies were wore out. They'd been through so much emotion. You look at an emotional ride that he'd been the last few days with Jesus. All the things that they've gone through, and they just went as far as human beings, and they couldn't go any further. But when he came the third time, when you look at verse 45 and 46, when he came the third time, he left them to be rudely awakened. He said, Sleep on now, take your rest, go ahead, sleep. And I'm going to tell you, he kind of said this ironically. This is kind of, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek the way Jesus said it because it's, it's really like this the way it came across. It's sleep if you can. I hate to bother you, but Jesus and the man soldiers is fixed to be here. They're going to wake you up anyway. That's really what he was saying to them. You know, y'all try to sleep now, but there ain't not much sleep going to be which kind of leads me to understand why Peter jumped up and hacked the guy's ear off. He was half asleep. Amen? But I want you to see here how Christ deals with those that allow themselves to sleep. And it's too late. They wake up and they're they're, they're, they're awakened, awake, awakened by an alarm because they slept too long. They're awakened by trouble because they slept too long. That's what. That's really what's happened here. Is they they found themselves in trouble because they slept too long. Now, let, now I want to leave you with some thoughts this morning. Sometimes God will let you sleep. Some, sometimes God will absolutely let you sleep. He said right here in that verse. Sleep on now. So I ask you this question. Are, are you asleep spiritually this morning? Are you asleep spiritually? And you say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Are you asleep spiritually? I mean, are you paying any attention to your spiritual life? Are you, you know, let me, let me give you, let me give you a, a story to, to, to help you understand what I'm trying to say. And this is one I learned years ago. There's this, there was this old there's this old Indian fellow, and he had he, he, he went to the dog fight center. He had a white dog, and he had a black. 
And every week he'd go and he 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 pit those dogs against each other. And whichever one he bet on would win. People saw this week after week, this this old thing make a lot of money in the dog fight because whichever one he bet on, he win. So finally somebody asked him, he said, How do you know which one of these dogs is dog? And the old Indian man said, he said, when, I, when we want black dogs to win, we eat black dogs. We starve black dogs. When we want black dogs to win, they feed black dogs. We starve black dogs. You know what? There's a lot to be learned about there. If you want to win as a believer, if you want to be spiritually awake, if you want to be spiritually aware, if you want to be spiritually blessed, in the Lord, then you must feed your spirit. If you feed your flesh, your flesh will be the victor in your week. If you feed your spirit, spiritually you will be the victor of the week. It's what you feed is what's going to be strong in your life. Say, how do I feed it? You feed it in meeting with the Lord daily, spending time with Him, hearing from Him, talking to Him. Uh, sharing him as you go along. If you spend most of your time with Jesus Christ, I guarantee you, you will not regret it. You'll not come up and say, well, I, I, I wasted so much time this week and I spent all my time with Jesus. I guarantee you, you will not ever let that come out of your God will let you sleep. God's not going to force anybody. You know, Israel's the slave of this very moment. God took his hand off of Israel. And he's going to be over there again, but right now she's asleep. Romans 11, 7 and 8 says this, What then the Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear of this thing. Israel's asleep. That's why you hear about great missionaries to Israel. They're army. You know why? Because they won't listen. They're sound asleep. It's going to take it's going to take all kinds of judgment upon the nation before before God's people are going to wake up and realize that Christ is the Messiah. It's going to take an antichrist to make them realize that they missed him, that they missed Christ the first time around. They're asleep. Some are to fall asleep. All you have to do is do nothing. Get still. You go to sleep. Second thing I see here is that a lot of people are asleep and they won't be woke up in words. <laughs> words won't wake them up. How many times I've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to witness some people in my life and they just won't hear it. You can't wake them with words. Let me tell you, the only thing that's going to wake them sometimes is God bringing judgment. Sometimes judgment is the only thing. They cannot, they will not be made to hear. They must be made to see. And I'm afraid that's what may happen in America. America has not heard, so America must be made to see. I'm going to tell you something. If, 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 if that's you, if, if, if you're not listening to God, if you're not paying attention to what he's saying, don't wait until he has to bring judgment in your house. Don't wait until he has to allow something big to happen in your life Third thing I see in this, God and Brother Wayne's stuff. 
God's revelations. Ephesians 5, 14, the Bible says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleeps, and arise from the dead, Christ shall be God wants us God wants us to hear his voice. God wants us to realize that, that now is the time to get alert. Now is the time to rouse out our slumber. Now is the time to put our eyes on Jesus. Now is the time to, to back hold on the word of God and say, you know what, this is better for me than any TV or phone has ever been. This has done more for me than any anything in my life, any entertainment has ever done for me. The word of God is what I mean. And as to the disciples here, three thoughts and we're done. He told them in the approach of danger. He let them know. They're coming. They're coming. Soldiers are coming. But I'll tell you what he told them. He said, let's rise and be gone. Verse 46. Let us rise and be gone. I want you to notice he didn't say, let us ride and run. He didn't say, get the cops, let's go. He said, let's ride. Let's ride and let's meet the danger. Let's face the danger. Let's walk toward the danger. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Quickest way for any storm is riding. You get to the quicker. You run from it, run from it. Sooner enough, the storm is going to be upon you. The quickest way is to trust God yesterday. Trust every step of the way. Did that happen with these disciples? Oh, we'll see that it didn't. No, their flesh came under the pressure and they all ran and scattered. John took off running through the night naked. John Mark did. Uh, Peter cussed at the fire. I mean, listen, we, all the other disciples, but John fled. John was the only one. They didn't face they ran. Jesus didn't say run, he says face. And lastly, he reminds them that they have slept the time away and they're not prepared. I want to say to you this morning, don't sleep your time away. Don't and when I say that, don't let don't let the devil rock you to sleep in this world. He wants to. There are so many good there are so many believers right now who are asleep. You know why they're asleep? Because they allowed themselves to fall asleep. They got tired waiting on the Lord. So the world's the world's entertainment, the world's amusements, they lull them to sleep. And Christ is about to leave. And they're going to find themselves asleep. Someday we're going to stand before him and go, I don't want him to say, why did you stay asleep? Why didn't you wake up? Why didn't you, why didn't you watch with him? I want us to be watching on the Lord of time. I want, I want us all to be watching. I want us all to be praying. I want us all to be ready. I know we're ready for saved, but I'm saying there's, there's a different readiness I'm talking about here. I'm talking about I want us to be ready and looking for his return. I want us to be serving faithful when he comes. There's danger approaching. There's danger 
approaching in our world right now. And we better wake up and bear eyes on Jesus. Because we're going to need him every step of the way to what's coming in this land. We need to be faithful witnesses in this in this urgent hour. This is me. Listen to me. Whether we realize it or not, we're living in one of the most pivotal times in history. And, and history will record whether or not we, we, we serve God or not. God's going to record it in his book whether we serve faithfully or not. And my closing word to you is this. Let us be busy because the Lord is coming. Let's stand up. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, we ask you, Father, that you might bless us. Lord, that you might rouse us from our spiritual slumber. Father, we ask, Lord, that, that you might let us through the eyes of faith look upon you as your suffering in the garden Lord, suffering for us because of us, Lord, may we look upon you in love and remember what a wonderful, wonderful Savior we have. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will that you will take that, Lord, and, and inspire us in our hearts to be to, to, to live a life more closely to you. Father, please bless the invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing one hymn, 394. I surrender all. If the Lord moved on your heart, you need to do business with him. It's a time Let's sing. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence.
spread the land before us. Do you work with anybody you think we just missed the day? When is Karen doing that? That night. Don't look away. Three days, y'all be in part of our work. Part of our work. All right. Well, let's go, Lord, be dismissed. I'll see you back in the night at six. Grant this message. Father, we just thank you for love, care for us. Thank you that with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.